Hey, this is Stephen A. Smith from No Mercy. Festivals, football, flannels. Some say fall is their favorite time of year. And this fall, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against COVID-19 variants. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster shot appointment as soon as you're eligible. And don't forget to enjoy the foliage sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Let's move on to the waiver wire rankings. And at number one here, I have Zonovan Knight, and I was kind of surprised with how available that he was. He's available in about 50% of leagues on all platforms, Sleeper, Yahoo, ESPN. Um, And we talked about him at length this week. (laughs) So I don't want to talk about him too much. But it basically comes down to this. He's looking like a pretty good running back, right? He was only behind Josh Jacobs in forced missed tackles over the last two weeks. He was third in yards after contact per attempt over the last two weeks among running backs with at least 25 carries. Okay, so he's good. Uh, Michael Carter can be out again this week. He didn't practice at all last week. It's possible. So he would be a solid RB2 against Buffalo. You know, but even if Carter is back, I won't be surprised if the Jets stick with him as their RB1 because I think they found something in him. So, you know, it's possible that you grab Zonovan Knight right now and you potentially have an RB2 rest of season. You know, whether yeah. it's a mid RB2, a low end RB2, whatever. Like, I want that. Right. Yeah. And then you compare it to James Cook, who I have here at number two. Listen, I really love how the Bills, and I'm comparing these two, like why I have Zonovan at one and why I have Cook at two here. Right. And a lot of people would argue the other way around. But I love how the Bills used Cook last week. But we have to remind ourselves that this might not be like a backfield takeover, right? Like, he's a, he's a must pick up. But I'm just comparing to the Zonovan Knight situation where Knight can potentially see 15-plus touches every week moving forward on a decent offense. You know, I'm not sure we can say the same for Cook. And we probably know that he's not getting goal line carries. Both Singletary and Naheem Hines had goal line snaps last week, and Cook didn't. Uh, But, you know, 20 opportunities for Cook last week, I mean on Thursday, right? And 15 for Singletary, 4 for Hines. So will there be 39 you know, running back opportunities every week for the Bills. Like, I highly doubt that. So, you know, we've been used to around 15 to 20 opportunities, total opportunities for running backs in this backfield uh, for the Bills. Uh, Singletary still led the team in snaps last week. And it's possible that there's a three-man backfield moving forward here. Um, But I'm picking up Cook and hoping that the snaps – like, if I'm picking up Cook and I have Cook, I'm obviously hoping that the snaps, like, continue to swing in his favor – uh, because he looked good. There's no doubt about that. It, it's yeah. just a matter of like, what do the Bills want to do? Um, you know, we haven't seen, you know, this team really commit to one running back outside of Devin Singletary so far. Yeah, with, with the Bills backfield, you know, there's always liable to switch in one direction or the other. But James Cook, I think he definitely bought himself more touches um, in this game. At least a, a greater share of the pie, even if the pie isn't that big. You know, I think he'll get some more touches out of that. Um, than he was before because he looked good, like you said. And this game was in control for the Bills most of the time. I know we're going all the way back to Thursday night between Buffalo and New England, but they were in control this whole time. So it makes sense that the running backs were going to get some more touches in this game. The Bills can be in control of other games too, but down the stretch they have a couple tough matchups. Actually, next week against the Jets should be interesting. That's two really good matchups as far as matchup quality go for uh, the Jets. You know, you talk about the Vikings one week and you follow that up with the Bills. They can prove themselves. But um, with James Cook, I I think that he should be – a good contributor. I do think Zonovan Knight is more locked in. We talked about 
um, you know, on the podcast yesterday and last week, even, you know, about the waiver wire that even once Michael Carter comes back, I think that he's definitely, you know, head and shoulders above James Robinson or any Ty Johnson in that backfield for the work. So I think that he'll be getting at least half the work regardless of who's starting. And if Michael Carter's out, he could see a majority, 60, 70% of snaps. I wouldn't be surprised. And like you said, that's going to be huge, especially if you're trying to make your way into the playoffs. Um, but definitely in line to get some more work and rest of the season, his value is up and it's not going to go down as long as he doesn't get hurt. Like who would you be more comfortable? Like let's say Michael Carter plays this week. Like, let's say we know he's going to play. Who would yeah. you be more comfortable starting? Zonovan Knight or James Cook? Still Zonovan Knight. For okay. me, it's 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 pretty clear. I mean, James Cook, like this was a one week that we saw where he actually got the workload and produced at a point where it's like, okay, now we have to pay attention to this. Where Zonovan Knight, he came in relief and he played very well. And then this week again, even in a backfield that he didn't get a whole lot of touches, you know, he was competing with James Robinson and Ty Johnson, obviously still, he was able to get it done for you. And I, I think that's really good. He didn't score a touchdown either. So like there's no. still room to grow. Yeah. I mean, he had, he caught all five of his targets these past two games. He was involved in the passing game as well. So that's, that's very encouraging for him. And right. um, yeah, I mean, out of like, and I mentioned this before when we talked about Zonovan Knight on, on last week's waiver wire show, where, you know, when you look at what he did in college, among all the running backs in this class who had, I think it was 25 targets or more. Um, he had the highest catch percentage out of all of them. Um, doesn't right. necessarily mean that he'll do a lot after the catch, like James, someone like James Cook. Uh, mm-hmm. But at least he, he'll be a reliable running back out of the backfield. It's also worth noting uh, that backup quarterback for the Jets, even though Mike White looks like he's going to be the starter moving forward, he's not really backup anymore. But guys no. like Mike White and Joe Flacco have been peppering the running backs, you know, with targets. 100%. And they're perfectly capable of catching those passes. You know, it's not like they're throwing to nobody's. Zonovan yep. Knight's going to be able to get it done. I don't expect that to change, you know, moving forward. That's a big part of their game on offense. 100%. Agreed. Good point. Um, so I, ta- I got Tyler Huntley in number three here. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson being out, you know, you, you might have lost your quarterback if you're in two quarterback league. You know, Tyler Huntley probably moves all the way up to number one. But yep. if you're in a regular one quarterback league, you still got to pick up Huntley. You know, I think we don't know how long Lamar is going to be out for. And, you know, he's being labeled as week-to-week right now. But the the Ravens have been one of the weirdest teams when it comes to injuries. And, like, they don't really yeah. let on, you know, how long guys will be out, whether guys will be out, you know, all that. So, you know, Harbaugh does a lot of that disguising all the yeah. time. So it's very possible Lamar is out for several weeks, two or three weeks potentially. So yeah. you want to pick up Tyler Huntley now because he'll probably be – you know, a top 12 option this week. And then moving forward, I wouldn't be surprised if I have him in my top eight, right? So like, it's getting to a point where he could potentially be a difference maker at the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, look no further than John Harbaugh's comments after the game where he said, Lamar is day-to-day or week-to-week. It's like, what the Mm -hmm. heck does that mean? That's like an endless timetable. You don't know what it's going to be. That doesn't tell us anything more than what we, you know, would have known even if he didn't say that. Lamar Jackson, I'm expecting him to be out at least this week, definitely. And then next week, I think that there's a chance that he misses too. I wouldn't be surprised, especially if Tyler Huntley's playing well. They could let him play out the regular season. They're in position to get a playoff spot. If they want to have Lamar healthy for the playoffs, they might just kind of, you know, take it easy bringing him back. So there's a chance he might miss more than a week or two. You know, he might not be back until the second round of playoffs or your championship, depending on how your playoffs are structured. So – Definitely pick up Tyler Huntley if you lost Lamar. You want to be, you know, blowing your fab to make sure you get him because otherwise, there's not many other quarterbacks out there that's going to have 
type of upside that Tyler Huntley has. And at this point in the season, you know, sitting on the waiver wire, you can't let that go. Even if you don't need him, you know, maybe just in case something would happen and you have an extra bench spot, definitely worth a pickup because he's going to be having um, some success. We've seen him do it before. He's filled in nicely for Lamar. And like I said, they don't change that offense at all. He's going to have the rushing offense uh, moving. He's going to get the opportunities pretty close, if not exactly what Lamar Jackson was going to get. So he's a priority pickup. And, you know, if you look at the schedule, like it's solid. You know, he has Pittsburgh this week, which is a matchup I'm not worried about. Uh, then yeah. Cleveland, solid matchup. Atlanta in week 16, that's a, that's a, <laughs> you know, a, a matchup that he could definitely do well in. And then he had Pittsburgh at home at week 17. So this is all, all overall, I would be very happy with the schedule if I have Huntley and I know yeah. that he's going to be my quarterback. 100%. Um, yeah. Okay. So I got DJ Shark here at number four. He's somebody that I was, you know, kind of eyeing before the coming into this week because I like the usage that, you know, we saw him, you know, making his first, you know, he was, he had his first game back the week before. And, you know, this past week, decent matchup and he was able to come through. Um, yeah. Now, this week, the Lions are going up against Minnesota. And we know mm. how bad Minnesota is against wide receivers. Very juicy matchup. So, you know, if you need a wide receiver, you need a flex play, go pick up DJ Shark and just plug him in. That's what right. I would do. Just plug him in. Don't worry about it. Like, just shoot for the upside. You're trying to win this week. Um, and you know what? He might continue to contribute. You know, he caught a touchdown in week 12, right? Yeah. But then his snaps went up last week. He has Minnesota. Then he has the Jets. So, you know, not really too excited about that. Then he has Carolina. It's it's a decent matchup, but it might not be a matchup where the Lions have to throw a lot. Um, so this right. is really just kind of you want to pick him up, you know, just to kind of play him this week. That's kind of how, how I'm treating this. But he's so high in my rankings here because I know a lot of people got to win their weeks this week. And DJ Shark is somebody who could uh, who could put up a, a big week this week. Yeah, 100 percent. And if you're sitting on a guy, I mean, obviously, you know, Cortland Sutton's out. But maybe if you're sitting on a guy like Jerry Judy. Do you think you pick up DJ Shark and maybe play him over Jerry Judy the way that the offense in the matchup, the offense has been playing in Denver? I, I think about yeah, DJ Shark. You know, great question. Go ahead. He, I think I think he's a worthwhile add. If you're sitting on a receiver, if you've been, you know, holding on to a receiver who hasn't been producing for you at all these past few weeks, you know, they've had quiet weeks and it doesn't look like the offense is getting better, especially like I said, if you're holding on to a guy like Jerry Judy, maybe, maybe I, I would pick up DJ Shark and throw him in for the upside because this matchup, like you said, is perfect. And it seems like receivers get it done every week. I think he's a more sure thing. If you need certain points, I don't care. You know, Judy might have some upside. But in that offense, I, I'm not looking at, you know, that um, to be better than what DJ Chark's going to get. Even if he only has a couple of targets like we saw. He had six targets last week. He was able to get it done for you with 14.8 points. Uh, high, you know, yards per catch. Uh, I'm picking up DJ Chark and hoping for the best that he could get done for you this week if you haven't had anything better at wide receiver. Like, if you're sitting on a third wide receiver spot, and you're just starting nobody's like I, I would throw DJ Chark in there and see what he can do. Yeah, I hear you. I, I, it's close between Judy. That's a good. That's a good one because Judy is going up against Kansas City. They're not good against slot wide receivers. Judy did okay last week against Marlon Humphrey, sixty-five yards against him. That's solid. Um, yeah. So yeah, like I, if you need safety, I'll probably go Judy here. But if you want upside, I think DJ Chark. There's no upside with Jerry Judy, but no. with, with DJ Chark, there definitely is upside. So. I like that one. That's a good one. I wonder how close they're going to be in my rankings this week. Yeah. Um, then we got Cam Akers here. We talked about him yesterday. This backfield completely shifted in Cam Akers' favor. He had two touchdowns in this game, but you know I wouldn't expect that moving forward. This offense actually was actually moving the ball a little bit. 
which I wouldn't expect moving forward either, um, you know, with John Walford at quarterback. But, um, you know, 70% of snaps for K-Makers in this game. It's not Kyron Williams' backfield anymore. Maybe he will become Kyron Williams' backfield again this week. Who knows? It might flip-flop again. You have no right. idea. That's why K-Maker – I mean, he's at five, so it's pretty high. And he's really at five because this is a relatively weak waiver wire week, I would say. <clears throat> it's kind of top-heavy, right? Yeah. I, th- I think it's really top heavy. Look at the running backs. Um, there's not a whole lot there. I mean, Zonvin Knight, I think there's a good chance if you're in a competitive league that he's picked up. And James Cook might have been riding somebody's bench too. So he's someone that's definitely going to have been available coming off you know the past few weeks. He hasn't done a whole lot. Um, you could pick him up and hope that the running that the you know the momentum stays with him for this next week because the offense didn't look as bad with John Wolford at quarterback. I mean, with Bryce Perkins, it was pretty bad. But John Wolford is questionable, I think now going into this week because he has a neck injury or something like that so we'll see how that goes I think he's been i thought i think he's been had the neck injury if i'm not mistaken um like it was something that he was already dealing with so i'm not sure if this is a new injury i could be wrong right. though. yeah i'm not sure i haven't looked too much into it either i mean i, I kind of tuned out this rams offense a couple weeks ago <laughs> but um, you know cam Akers, you can't ignore two touchdowns on the ground you have to think maybe he's liable for another one and it wasn't against a bad team you know seattle is not a bad team they kept it relatively competitive so they're able to stay in games like i said the offense still isn't inspiring at all but if somebody's going to produce it might be the running back so if you're short on running backs i think he could be a good pickup for you he's not a priority pickup obviously if zombie knight and james cook are there you want to be you know spending your fab up on those guys but cam Akers, he could be a consolation prize it's not great but he should be good enough for you this week and if you're adding him for depth i think that's good too because if he comes on the end of the season you know you could have yourself some value there I have Jared Goff up here pretty pretty high. Uh, but that's yeah. because, again, he's, he sees Minnesota this week. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the, you can pretty much start anybody against Minnesota. It's, it's not going to you know, fluctuate that much whether they're going to score a lot of points or not. I mean, Jared Goff, he's been getting it done kind of too. These past few weeks, he's looked a little bit better since that game on Thanksgiving. He hasn't been that bad. Um, granted, he did play the Jaguars last week, but – in a good in a game against Minnesota, you know the Lions are in the upswing. The offense looks good. I'm, I'm on Ross St. Brown's cooking. It, it seems like they're gonna be able to get it done. You know this week they've been scoring a lot of points. And Jared Goff, he doesn't have to play perfect for them to score all those points. And if he could just be you know somewhat efficient, he's gonna have a nice floor for you. So if you need a quarterback, and you're not gonna get Tyler Huntley. You know he's pretty much the anti Tyler Huntley, where Huntley has the upside. And Jared Goff, I think he has a pretty pretty secure floor every week. So if you want just solid production, you need that to get in the playoffs, or you just want to ride out these next few weeks, you know, start somebody. Uh, I think Jared Goff can get it done. Yeah, uh, I think he he has like a 30-point ceiling this week. Like, I think Jared Goff, Jared Goff can absolutely kill it. I Jared think this Goff. game is going to pop Jared Goff. Jared <laughs> Goff, he probably, I would say like this game, if I had to guess what the over-under is going to be, like by Friday, it's probably going to be like 54 points. Yeah, like, I think it's like, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Pretty, and what do you think Precise is going to have yeah. that? Precise is probably going to have it at like 59. <laughs> They're probably going to have it at 70. <laughs> Yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> have that. Have they, I think they had the the Chiefs Bengals at like sixty five or something. Like it that. was yeah, it was um, sixty something. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I got Corey Davis here at number seven. You know, like I mentioned, you know, he had ten targets this past week, but you know, Mike White threw it like almost sixty times in this game. So, mm-hmm. you know, kind of have to understand that you know he might not have such a high target share, but. He is the clear wide receiver, too, on this offense right now. He's the guy that Mike White is going to go for be behind Garrett Wilson. Uh, and going forward, Corey Davis can be, you know, fantasy relevant. Remember, before uh, he got hurt, he was the Jets wide receiver, too. 
he was yeah. actually fantasy relevant. We had him on our rosters, <laughs> if you can remember. That he yeah. was, uh, he has potential wide receiver three, you know, weeks in him. You know, in terms of like him, and also like in terms of ranking too. Like, you know, you might have to, we might have to rank him, you know, in our top thirty-six or at least close to it. Um, I'm not really worried about this Buffalo matchup, right? He has Detroit the week after that. He has Jacksonville the week after that. He has Seattle the week after that. So with this offense kind of coming on a little bit, this passing offense coming on a little bit, by the way, in, in you know, in uh, the, the Jets are passing it way over expectation, like over yeah. the past couple of weeks. And that all that all that change was the quarterback, right? Like a new quarterback and the Jets are like, okay, we're going to pass the ball down. Thank it's, you. It's, that makes sense. It's all that pent up, you know, want to be passing you know that they didn't do with Zach Wilson because they didn't trust him and now Mike White you know he's dealing and he doesn't look bad Mike White was the change that they needed for these guys to be relevant Corey Davis you know like you said earlier in the season he was a wide receiver too and I'd argue he's in a better position right now at quarterback than he was then you know obviously it was Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson kind of mixing in there but Mike White I think might be the better passer that he's had this season and going into a matchup against Buffalo it's not that scary I mean, even though Buffalo's defense still is talented, I think that the Jets can move on anybody. I mean, they played against the Vikings, obviously, and they look good, but they also went against the Bears. They've been playing consistent. They have playmakers. And if Garrett Wilson's going to be drawing coverage, Corey Davis, he's a veteran, and that's what young quarterbacks look for. They always find the veteran receivers. Um, that's a trend that we see. So I, I think Corey Davis is a good pickup. Um, he can fill in and be a nice flex for you this week if he's sitting on your wire. Agreed. Um, now, the Seahawks running back situation is very fluid right now, right? Yeah. Uh, obviously, Kenneth Walker. Uh, Kenneth Walker's banged up, right? We don't know if he's going to play. He might play. You have DJ Dallas. He has, an, he has a high ankle sprain, so most likely not going to play. He had to come back in this game with a high ankle sprain because Tony Jones also got hurt in that game. So right. Travis At that Homer point. had a sprained knee coming into the game. You know, So, like, all these running backs are banged up right now. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, I, I'm just going to put DK Metcalf in the backfield and see if that scares anybody. You know what I'm saying? I, I, would, I would play somebody else, but we'll see. With the Seahawks running backs, like you said, I think this could be any running back. The healthiest running back is going to be the top waiver priority at the end of the week. I mean, if you're looking to pick somebody up, you could roll the dice and just throw a dart at one of these guys. We'll see how healthy they are. I think that, you know, you said DJ Dallas is, he has a high ankle. High ankle sprain. DJ Dallas has a high ankle sprain, which is why I have Travis Homer here. Yeah. Okay. I so wouldn't like, I wouldn't expect him to play if that's the case. DJ Dallas, I would not expect him to play. Agreed. Yeah. Um Kenneth so, Walker, he, he has a he might play. Um he has a jammed ankle. And Pete Carroll said that I don't even know what that is, but but Pete Carroll <laughs> said that it's a weird injury and but he still has a chance of playing this week. So keep that in mind. If I'm gonna pick up anybody, it's gonna be Travis Homer because you know he does have a sprained knee. So he might not play this week, but yeah. he did end up. He did. Um, he did practice on, on a limited fashion on Friday, before he was ruled out. So that is some a little bit of a positive sign, I guess. You know, yeah. but it's you know now if none of these running backs play, Tony Jones would be up next. And you know if you got Tony Jones in your lineup this week, you got some cojones. You got some <laughs> serious cojones. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and that's and that's pretty much it. Um, who else? Darwin Thompson is on the Seahawks practice squad. Remember Dar- Darwin Thompson <laughs> yeah, on the Chiefs I, I last year? Yeah. Uh, you know, he was everyone's darling. He was everybody's uh, Isaiah Pacheco last yep. week, except Isaiah Pacheco turned out to be good. Um, it's a new so, yeah. Chiefs running back every year. 
That's what it we'll is. We'll see. Yeah, I wonder who it's gonna be next year. It's gonna be. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. And I can't wait to draft them in the first round and and watch my team lose. Yeah. Um, um with with the Seahawks backfield, just just the last word for that. I'm avoiding the Seahawks backfield at this point right now. You know, obviously, if you need to pick somebody up and you're in a bad spot, you can you know chase after whoever you want. But me, I'm just kind of keeping my hands off of that because I don't know who's starting. I'm not expecting too much from them. I imagine that the game plan is gonna be geared more towards the pass. With you know, they they have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf healthy, you know, they have Geno Smith who's playing very well. There's no reason to hammer away um, in the run game. If they have, you know, guys like Travis Homer, they might be really thin at running back. So I wouldn't expect that game plan to be geared towards a run game. I just temper expectations. I'm not expecting much from these backs at all this next week. Uh, I'm a little bit of a Travis Homer stan. So, you know, I might, I might start yeah. him if, if he he's like, he's like your the running back version of Paris Campbell for you. He's waiting for him to get that opportunity. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of like that. I, I was never as high on Travis Homer as I was on Paris Campbell, but right. you know, I, I, that's a good, that's a good comparison. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 